0: Welcome to Your Transformation this Station. Is your is Transformation Station. We're tapping in to surpassing expectations from the most successful people in the modern day and honing in on new foresight, methodologies, and clairvoyance you never knew. This is Your Transformation Station with your host, Greg Favaza.
1: Now let's get into it.
0: a definition of success. If I could go back, there's not many things that I would go back for, but...
1: What do you do when you lose your purpose? It's okay to struggle. It's okay that you're not okay. I am your host, Greg Favaza. Together, we will go on a journey. This show is all about surpassing our internal dialogue, rediscovering your true identity, Honing new foresight,
2: we have a chance to make the world a better place for our children.
1: Start living in the example today and become your future self tomorrow. If you can leave our viewers with some good advice to follow, what would you let them know? These things that you're afraid to do, go do them. This podcast, it's across over 60 platforms and then when i switched over it um hosting services it disconnected all of them <laughs> No
2: shit, you have to reconnect
1: yes i had to reconnect and that's a huge thing right there yeah. in itself and i won't make anybody do that but myself because it's global and in order to find this i have all the information to get to these locations where the podcast is being hosted i mean that's one thing uh social media i don't know what to fucking say to the audience i really don't care what they think i have everything that they need to know they just need to do it that's all they have to do just do the work and your life will be better don't ask me fucking questions
2: right so (laughs) what i think this is just my um uh personal opinion just based on (laughs) what i see happening that that engagement, when you do have somebody that makes a comment, yeah. if you can engage with them, even if it's just, um, negative, for lack of a better word, just a, a standardized reply, like, you know, great, uh, or I understand, or, you know, thanks for the comment, you mm-hmm. know, I'll keep that in mind. When those people that do take the time to comment, good, bad, or indifferent, mm-hmm. um, when you, they get that interaction with you that not only pulls them in but the other people that may not have commented but are reading the comments mm-hmm. then they go oh wow he's engaging with us and i think that pulls them in tighter i don't know but it it's it's something that you can try
1: yeah uh, I mean, like I put it on there, like, say something. I will engage you. I have no life. I will I will come over to your house and give you a hug. <laughs> but th- that nobody wants to test that theory. Mm-hmm. To me, it's like dating. You know, it's like the way I see it is that I tell people, like women, that I'm completely honest with what I say. I'm a man of my word. I'm not talking to anybody else. I think you're fucking beautiful. This is what I want. And this is what I'm doing. I'm not hiding anything. No, I'm not married. I don't have any fucking kids. Why do you ask me this all the time? I'm 29 years old. Why can't people get this shit right? And and then they'll tell me, well, everybody out there does this shit. They all lie. They all do this. It's like, what the fuck is wrong with every douche in America here?
2: And so the very few honest guys that are left, if you believe all the women, because I'm telling you, I mean, I've heard that for years i hear it now with with women that are contemporary age of mine that all these guys lie to them and hurt them and two time them and aren't faithful and they're not they don't show up when they say and all of this stuff and so the few guys like you and me that are left and i really believe we must be a minority if in fact we believe what all these women say we are left with having to deal with all of their baggage because of these asshole dudes that have mistreated them throughout the years. And Mm, they've grown to expect it. Now, listeners to a podcast, I think, are different than those women, but I know exactly what you mean relative to, you know, it's like we have to be the sin eaters for those that came before us, Mm -hmm. if that makes sense.
1: No, it makes perfect sense. And it's interesting because... I don't know. I can see like connections on things on how they can carry over to other things on a complex level. And with just with relationships and with podcasting, it it just people before in relationships kind of ruin a, like give a bad taste. And that's what I don't want to happen with this. And it just, it's exhausting when I have to go above and beyond every time I encounter with somebody, it's just like, like, God, why can't you just know that one, you just don't work on yourself to know who's credible and who's not. So right. why do I have to go above and beyond to show you? By that time, if you don't want to listen to the podcast or you don't want to date me, just go fuck yourself. Yeah, don't. You probably you got other don't. shit to go do. Nobody's forcing you to listen. <laughs> you know?
2: It, it it's like people in um uh you know, movies or television shows or or books for that fact, where People make comments and say, oh, I mean, that's terrible. That was obscene. There was too much sex. There was all this, you know, fucking language used. Uh, Did you finish watching the entire movie? Yeah. Well, you didn't have to. If you were at a theater, you can get up and walk out. If it's your home, you change the station. Um, If it's a book, you quit reading it. Yes. forcing you to read it. And the only, or watch it or listen to it. Um, That's why there's, you know, tens of thousands, if not hundreds of thousands of podcasts and songs and books and movies and television shows. There's Mm -hmm. something out there you'll like. If this is not it, hey, fuck you very much. Move on.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: And they're going to fucking regret that because we're expanding. We're going off every avenue of approach. Like what I want to do with this podcast, I want to take it towards a TEDx approach. Mm -hmm. I want different specialties. I want people, I don't even want to be the host at this point. I want to be able to delegate authority. Like, hey, I want Larry doing fucking politics and I want him to be a straight cynical asshole and just bring (laughs) that whole thing out. Then I want some other douchebag to do philosophy and then real estate, economics. I want all of that happening. Just information just being shoved out there with no time for people to respond.
2: Yeah, well, in that... (laughs) <laughs> that's also uh, a way to do it, mm-hmm. um, and at, probably at the same time creating some controversy which creates interest and entertainment today,
1: I think. Oh, I'm down with some controversy. I'll yep. go up there and I'll say whatever I gotta say to get some controversy going.
2: You got some seriously controversial topics uh, with <laughs> texted back, back and forth on briefly earlier this week.
1: Yes, yes, I think that's fantastic. I actually did not get the study up on it because I've been so consumed in getting this shit up and running. Because apparently I went from like 100 downloads a day to zero. And I'm like, what the fuck? something?"
2: Well, that's obviously because um, when you switch host, hosting companies, uh, mm-hmm. you lost all those connections with so many of the
1: mm-hmm.
2: uh, podcast players, if you will.
1: Yes. And then I just been like a, like a mad man, just trying to get everything going. So I was looking at this. I don't know, There's a lot of great shit that I covered and that's on my other fucking computer, which I know I can get that up right here. Oh. But, um,
2: Dude, just an- another thought uh, relative to hooking up with all those other podcast streamers or players. I'm not sure what you call them, but, uh, Probably literally for, you know, I don't know how long it takes, but for a couple bucks an hour, you can go on to <laughs> Upwork and hire a somebody that'll do it. And, it, you know, it, like I said, if it takes five, six, seven hours, you know, and you pay them 250 or $5 an hour, I mean, you know, they'll speak English and understand how to do what you want done, mm-hmm. but they're not necessarily from the United States that'll get it done. Um, a lot of Filipinos are tech tech savvy enough to do this. Yeah. And again, they, they you go to these freelance sites, and, and like I said, you put your project up, and I'll pay $5 an hour, and you'll get 25 people that will want to do it for you. It's
0: like...
1: Pulling up to the curb down in the L.A., people <laughs> right. just roll up in a truck and people jump in the back.
2: Exactly, you know. <laughs> you got a couple cactus trees you need to move. Okay, cool.
1: No, I, I looked into that as far as I know the our money it if it gets converted over to the Philippines. It's worth more. Yeah. And I thought about doing that with my book that I'm writing. However, I can't do that. It just it just I, they can't relay the context that i'm i'm trying to go off of cuz i'm really weird and abnormal and i wanted to just transition that and i feel like it was make it basic plain english and just make me Yeah no
2: weird. a book that 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 takes your artistic uh, creativity uh, those juices uh, yes. nobody what kind of juices it, creative
1: okay
0: just making um,
2: sure yeah so uh yeah, i mean those people when I say those people, freelancers that you can hire for...
1: What do you mean those people, Larry?
2: Those people, freelancers, those freelancers, those, I was going to say, when I said those people, I just, for example, took Filipinos. There's also United States citizens that for side gigs will, you know, work for not a lot of money to, to do things that, you know, you say, okay. Here's what you need to do, dot every I, and they'll do it. And mm-hmm. it doesn't take any interpretation. Um, you know, I need to be signed up with these, you know, 342 podcast streamers or players. You yes. know, do it. Um, to to write a book, uh-uh. to edit a book, maybe. Um, but mm-hmm. the, the writing is one of those things, as you well know, you can't really delegate that that you now you can obviously like 45 you can have ghost writers do shit for you yes that's a whole different story yeah this is just um vodka yeah i do you know i like a glass or two of these in the morning try to do it have at least eight ten ounces of vodka in my body before noon
1: are you fucking with me Larry?
2: yeah of course yeah. <laughs> it's usually 12 ounces <laughs> No.
1: (laughs) That's that's exactly what you I would be off the
2: the, on the floor of this studio if I Yeah, yeah, even did that at six PM uh you know, with my martini, happy hour martini.
1: I mean if that's something you want to do, we can have a fucking uh little martini night and just see what happens. That
2: would
1: be fun. That would be I'm just I'm like a gremlin, you know, like if once I start drinking, there's things I'm not allowed to do. Like if it's past nine o'clock, I'm not allowed to go outside.
2: Definitely. Well, at least drive.
1: Yeah. <laughs> oh no, I'll like I'll just it'll be bad for everybody, including myself. But yeah. it'll be just it'll get weird.
2: Yeah, no, that's on uh, it's one of the things alcohol does to us all.
1: And, and what is that? Makes this weird. I,
2: I have a friend that has a great saying about alcohol. Nothing ever good happens on alcohol. <laughs> There's some truth to that. I worked for a, a CEO of a, one of the, a large publicly traded company mm-hmm. that was at the time was a 28 year recovering alcoholic. Mm-hmm. Now, if he's still alive, I mean it's obviously 40some odd year recovering alcoholic. And he tells some incredible, incredibly funny stories when he was drunk. One of his favorite sayings of mine was, "He had never spent a sober night in jail. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, So, anyway.
1: It was a reality check. No, I definitely did. I did a drunk night in jail once. Mm. And uh, it was my olden days. Yeah. And I I learned from that real quick. And then a couple. It it just takes
2: um, one of those nights in any jail to uh, let you know I don't want to be here ever again.
1: It didn't slow me down, though. I have a heavy foot. I mean. Mm Back in the day, yes, I used to, I had like a souped up Mustang and I just thought I was just the coolest person ever. Like nobody can stop me. It's like one of those, it's like you imagine yourself, you're in, you're at a parking lot and you just like see one of those little guardian bank trucks roll up. It's like, oh my God, I got this pimped out car. I know I can just whip it around there real quick, do my military flank, get in there, get the fuck out, move. In all reality, it's just a vision. And it's like, yep, back to reality. I need to go.
2: It's a little movie that plays in your head. Yes, and, and you're the lead guy driving. What do you, What do you have like a three fifty in that Mustang?
1: Yes, Fucking, like uh, what is it? Uh it was a it was actually a V six stick shift. Okay. A big V six. Yeah, you. I dumped a shit ton of money into it. Like let's before we go in there because I, I'm about to go off on myself. Like Greg, it's a V six. You have no room to talk. However this was like 10 grand in suspension and after parts and no matter what you did it was still a v6 but it just was
2: doesn't matter look a v6 is a powerful engine but once you put (laughs) it is it it is look bmw's for years the fastest production sports sedan in the industry was their five series v6 Mm -hmm. engine or it's actually I think it's an inline-six, yes, not a V6. But, you know, it's a, a three-liter, six-cylinder engine. It mm-hmm. could outperform any hot Mustang, or not Mustang, Camaro, like the Z Camaro.
1: Z28, series. yeah. yeah. Nice.
2: Z28, exactly. Um, like their lights and especially if it was uh, anything other than a straightaway, because what you did to your Mustang, putting in special suspension and probably souped it up so you could take corners at a million miles an hour. Hell yeah.
1: I outran two cop cars in that thing exactly. a while back.
2: And those cop cars have special, specially fast engines and, and special performance in them. They're not just a, what is it, a Mercury Marquis or a Ford <laughs> LPD, whatever the fuck they yeah, used yeah. to drive. You know, even their, their SUVs you them in today. I mean, that's a special cop car edition with engine and suspension so that they can try chasing you and especially the highway patrol dudes, maybe not the local guys.
1: If I'm familiar with it, I believe they up, they upgrade the cams. They do something with the pulleys. They refine their, uh, what we call it their serpentine belt to a yeah. gator belt, makes it tighter. It won't ever snap really good for torque yeah. and, uh, something with, uh, spark plugs and so a couple of things.
2: Yeah. They, uh, You know, they try to give them the equipment to catch the bad guys. Yes. You know, uh, not that you're a bad guy, but, you know, their trouble comes when they pull somebody over for what seems to be a, just a routine traffic stop. Mm -hmm. And all of a sudden that person, you know, that person knows that there's outstanding warrants for me. And the cop at that moment may or may not know that he could still be, you know, the computer is still running, the Mm -hmm. scan they automatically did on his plate, and uh, it may not be his car, so the cop doesn't know what's waiting him, what's waiting for him when he approaches that window, and, you know, it's, 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 cops don't have it easy. No. Um, Every day of their life, they, they put, literally put their life on risk. Mm Mm-hmm because they have no idea what they're going to deal with. And especially today, there's so much crazy violence going on in, in uproar against in the uproar, I think is against the bad cops, not against the good cops. I mean, there's bad They're getting cops. classified
1: with the good, with the bad cops just because they wear a uniform. I mean, aren't we trying to avoid that shit in general? <laughs> <laughs> I'm not sure what, what, what's going on out there it's 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 a bunch of nonsense i mean the reason why we have so much drama going on is because we don't even understand ourselves as an individual if we were to focus on ourselves rather than other people then we would literally be 20 years advanced in society because we would have we would have moved past this childish bullshit that was learned in elementary school
2: exactly and you hit it if we would think about ourselves and help ourselves grow and be comfortable within our own skin, then we don't have to worry about anybody else. Assuming everybody else is doing the same mm-hmm. uh, for the same positive esoteric reasons. Yes. Which isn't always true or easy.
1: And then with cops, I mean, they deal with just the worst of society. So they have a cynical attitude. I mean, if we have to look at it, on their perspective, because nobody calls them to say, "Hey, you're doing a great job today." Yeah. No, it's like, "Why the fuck are you pulling me over, dude?" Yeah, exactly. Hey, I don't let a girl pull over. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I didn't know
2: I was going 60 in a 25. and just got away from me. Oh, did I run over two people? I I wondered what those bumps were.
1: That that is a game where you say five to ten points. You know, right now you are stopping me from making this game happen.
2: It, exactly. And and uh, it's like I said, it it it's just gotten worse, I think. Um, you, you know, there's just like I said, so much out there, and we, it, especially here in the Midwest and and in different parts of the country where we're dependent upon our own vehicle. Mm-hmm. I mean, there there are cities where there's great mass transit and you can walk or uber slash cab ride but many people don't have cars they don't need them here in the midwest you've got to have a car Mm -hmm. you know it doesn't matter where you live you you need some sort of personal transportation so we have this world our car which is special and even though we know the speed limit on any given street is 35 or 45 or 25 In all honesty, I don't know about you, I I consider myself a a, a very safe, defensive driver. Because you're old, right? Well, yeah, one reason, because I'm old and I've seen a lot and I know a lot. But the other thing I was going to say is, but, you know, I'm always driving above the speed limit. Mm -hmm. Seldom, when I look down at my speedometer or when I know I'm in fourth gear in the city, I got to be going 50 some odd miles an hour. Otherwise the car would be lugging, mm. you know, and, and I look down and go, Oh man, you know, this is a, a 30 mile an hour speed zone. You're going 50. Well, I got to get to where I'm going. And See, I could, but, and going. I don't think you're really speeding
1: though. I think if we look at it, it's like, what if you're moving with the flow of traffic? Exactly. But that's,
2: that's not what the law says. The law says if you exceed the maximum speed limit that's posted,
1: yeah. um, so but then, if you but then uh, that that's, that's just a bunch of nonsense because yes. if you can be out in the middle of nowhere, mm-hmm. they say they oh you're going over the posted speed limit, but I'm moving with the flow of traffic because I right. would be an obstruction to traffic if I was doing the speed limit. So exactly, it's, it's actually
2: just as unsafe to be going slower than the flow of traffic. In fact, on interstates and highways, generally you'll see that that sign posted minimum speed 45 miles an hour yes because if you're driving slow down a, a 65 or 70 mile an hour interstate or highway if you're going slow what happens is people that are speeding you know going 70 80 miles an hour come right up on your ass
1: Fuck yeah, and then bro. they
2: expect you to fucking move over get the fuck up. out
1: of the way where oh, just get out of there
2: right and so that's really dangerous to go too slow because it causes accidents is like me i'm wanting to get to where i want to get to in a hurry Mm -hmm. so i may not look at my rearview mirror i may not signal i do a quick downshift and move over without knowing a car is coming right behind me and boom oh yeah that guy not bit that slow dude i call them speed monitors drivers that drive purposefully slow because they want you to observe the speed limit they're speed
1: monitors no, oh, they're fucking. Larry's world, they're gonna call the cops before. on you. <laughs> like, nothing. hey, there's people speeding here.
2: <laughs> yeah, and and they just slow down. They're like a, a speed monitor. You know, uh, <laughs> slow down, slow down. I don't want to slow down. Well, I'm slowing you down because I'm going my 10 miles an hour in two lanes.
1: Oh fuck that! See if it was at nighttime over here. I'll just light them the fuck up. I got three light bars on my truck. So it's like go. cruising. It's like, oh, oh, you don't want to move out of the way. Okay, yeah. okay. I'll, I'll turn all the fucking high beams on. Yeah, It, it turns from nighttime into fucking daytime. Like, yeah.
2: You know, you can see. It, that's that's actually, that's very cool. I, uh, I, that, that would be good. And
1: now during the day, what do you do? I got fucking nothing. I'm completely useless. I can't run them over. I mean, because that just would be yeah, man fodder. No
2: right and it ruins your tires over time
1: yes it does it's just like driving on fucking gravel that just a little bit of rock just eats it right up sure long periods of wear and tear no i i I actually do the speed limit that's just it's just better because if i try to be like everybody else to stay ahead of traffic it, it is a it is a lot of just wear and tear off of a big ass vehicle Cause you gotta, you never make the re- the the lights in time. You always right, fucking right. red lights. True. So you gotta what, the brakes. What
2: what, what I've hands. done, what I've done, although I've not gotten any positive results from it, but what I've done is I continually write uh, both the city that I live in and the governor of the state that I live in at any given point in time,
1: mm-hmm.
2: asking for and or demanding a lane of traffic that's only Larry's. So nobody can drive in this far left lane except Larry. Now, here's the cool thing. I know it sounds selfish and stingy and self-serving, but because of the way I drive and speed, it's really safer for everybody else. Then upon my death, I've actually volunteered to allow that lane to become a lottery lane. So everybody that wants it for themselves can pay $5 to the state and be put into a lottery to get Larry's Lane when Larry
1: leaves. Hell, yeah. I like where this is going, Larry. Yeah. I mean, I, What kind of vehicle do you drive? Stick shift? I heard that. I do. I drive a old,
2: beat-up Beamer.
1: Hey, that works.
2: It's not beat-up, but it's, uh, it's... Shit, it's almost as old as you. Holy it's shit. It's 4 It's an 0-4, but it's six-speed.
1: Hell, yeah. Is almost, that the hydraulic I mean, clutch, or is it actually... Uh, It's got
2: some electronics working the clutch. Everything in this car is is still new enough to be electronically and computer chip oriented. So, you know, it's stupid when something electronic goes wrong with the car or what you think is pure mechanical. Mm -hmm. Find out there's no, there's a little module that controls your clutch.
1: I'm curious, wasn't BMW a uh, chopper company back in like vietnam era
2: well yeah actually before that i mean it was an airplane they manufactured airplanes like saab and in fact the, here's a little known factoid that's worthless and will take you nowhere in life
0: fuck yeah
2: but a lot of people don't know the bmw logo that you see on cars and the motorcycles
1: mm-hmm.
2: okay uh, that's actually a propeller yes yeah
1: seriously I'm aware of that. I actually was going to pull that on you, but I'm like, what, no, Larry, you take, you take the wheel this time.
2: Yeah, the, <laughs> there you go. Now, here, you another factoid about German manufacturers.
1: It's better than I, Americans?
2: I, well, see, in certain respects, absolutely. Yes. So, I don't know if you're a fountain pen enthusiast. I had, an had no
1: clue what the hell on. that is.
2: So, w- one of the, the luminary fountain pens of the world It's called a Mont
1: Blanc. Okay.
2: Okay. I don't know if you've ever heard of it.
1: Never. Tell me.
2: So the Mont Blanc is, is generally what you see, especially when you see dignitaries, uh, you know, world leaders signing shit. If they're Mm -hmm. still using a fountain pen, it's a Mont Blanc and it's like thick, like a, a a big, big ass Cuban cigar. Okay. Got girth.
1: It's like something you can just shank somebody with one of those little old school kind of things. Yeah,
2: probably if you took the the cap off that gold nib, uh, yeah. quick, yeah, Fuck yeah. Uh, with their neck right here, it would work. If the cap's on, it's pretty round rounded, so you'd need a sharp strike and in some soft tissue here, maybe the temple or ear would be cool. Anyway, yes. So the logo and you need to sometime Google it so you can see their logo, but on the top of the cap, which you would see in your pocket, mm-hmm. is a white glob, i.e. Mont Blanc, you know, the white, the white mountain. Mm-hmm. So it looks like the snow cap on the top of a mountain, yes. metaphorically. The interesting part is these were designed... Many years ago, mm-hmm. during World War II, and Hitler had one of his Jewish yeah, prisoners. Yeah, um,
1: this fucker had it.
2: D- designed this, and th- the Jewish artisan that designed the pen purposefully put that snow cap on the cap. Mm-hmm.
0: So that
2: when it's in Hitler's pocket and Hitler looks down, what he sees is this snow cap. Well, if you look at it, if you look at it. Mm-hmm. It's a six-pointed star. Ah, Star David. So every time Hitler looked down at it, he didn't know he was
1: looking at a fucking Star of David. What a dumb fuck.
0: You
1: know, so Did, didn't he live his entire life out? People's like in the history books says he was dead, but we didn't have any proof. But then I've been going around through some research and I feel like he's lived out his whole life and somehow him and Everybody else within that disgusting era of Nazis contributed to corn syrup, in which carried over into America. Do you do you know anything about that?
2: About the corn syrup?
1: Anything um, in general with Nazis or
2: I, stuff I think like that? Many, of course, many of his closest uh, uh, lieutenants and colonels and higher ups in the in the. SS and the Gestapo, of course, yeah. were tried during the trial of Nuremberg and were convicted and put to death mm-hmm. for their war crimes. The rumor, yeah, is it that he and his girlfriend, um, when they were down in the bunker, he knew he was going to get captured and they allegedly took, you know, their cyanide and killed themselves. Um, I don't know really of, of, one way or the other, if there was ever any conclusive proof that the bodies they found were in fact his. Hmm. Um, But I would think um, if he was living during the trials at Nuremberg for the, the war crimes that were committed by the Nazis, that his highest dudes that were on trial and were gonna be put to death might have tried saving their souls saying, hey, incidentally, Adolf, you can find him over here in Costa Rica if you go look. Um, but yeah, there's been a few books and, and, uh, and theories put out about that. Of course, a lot of his higher-ups right after the war migrated or, or you know escaped to Brazil. Mm -hmm. Um, and they were actually hunted and found in Brazil and taken back to Nuremberg for their trials. Um, So I don't know. I guess that's a long way of saying I really don't know. Um, I would hope that he didn't live out his life, or if he did, that it was quite torturous and terrible, Um, you know, just the effect he had on the world. And the millions of people, Jews, gypsies, Uh, Czechs, Austrians uh, that he put to death in this concentration camps. So I'm noticing
1: shit that's actually happening today with just information about our government. It's like information that comes off as a conspiracy. Then as time progresses, it becomes like this hidden understanding like, oh, I know this. Like, oh, well, I don't know about that. Like for this like this little conversation. And then I feel like it carries over until more and more people know until it just comes onto the news. It's like, why does it happen like that? Like why is, is it, it's, it's really weird. It's just like with information, like this shit that's been going on for decades is now becoming new information. Like when the fuck does this happen? Why isn't it happening when it's happening now? Like, why can't we under do you think we just can't handle the, the shit that's going on?
2: I think that's part of it. I think today versus even as recent as World War II era, um, the, the big difference between then and now, the big difference between 40 years ago and now is the Internet, it is mass instantaneous communication with Photoshop, so when information is passed to people by way of the internet, by way of the internet, you, you have to verify and check on your own every bit of information because you don't know if it's real or not. There, but the, the The institutions that normally you could, in the past, you could trust you can't trust anymore because people have shredded these institutions. The media has been shredded. the 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 media outlet, the new, the, what used to be reliable news, is shredded. People, news outlets go on. I, I was watching this morning. OAN just making shit up. You know, and they, how they make it up is the Associated Press released. Uh, a story about whatever, which I'm sure they did, and during the whole narration, they're just showing a picture of the, the front of the building of the Associated Press,
0: mm-hmm. but
2: the story that they're relating, the narration, has nothing to do with the Associated Press's story on this particular item that they cited at the beginning of their narration. So people think this is the Associated Press's story. When, in fact, it's just OAN's bullshit they chose to make up, their propaganda that they chose to push right here. And their watchers that believe them, that believe their news and not a news story entertainment show, an opinion store, if you will, Mm -hmm. they listen to it, and then they go spread the rumor to their buddies that'll believe it. And nobody stopped to think, well, let's go directly to Associated Press and see if we can find that story. Because of the internet you should be able to do that you yeah. can't find that story because that news outlet made it up and and i'm mm-hmm. not saying that's i just picked them out because that was a, a a recent uh example
1: it, it is relevant though and it does happen and let see this is the connection i'm talking about it's with the fucking with the news station you can't take their shit seriously and you have to be extra thorough I mean, it's with relationships. Like, oh, I, don't, I can't trust this dude. He We had to be extra thorough because he just seems like a fucking pervert. I mean, there's so much information. Hold on. There's just so much information out there that doesn't make any sense. I mean, if I were to say, hey, I have information about Hitler. He actually has a third testicle. i would willing to bet we could get a lot of publicity. Oh, absolutely. A lot of idiots out there that, that would believe that.
2: Yeah. Well, and and I mean... Um, yeah, and and two, if you had his third testicle, you could auction that and probably get a lot of money for that third testicle.
1: Yeah, I'd be curious Um, to see what it looks like after this long time being attached. Yeah, I mean, I I don't know. (laughs) Um, We don't have, I do not have a third testicle of Hitler's. Yeah, no. Um. And
2: that would be weird, having a third testicle of Hitler's on your testicle sack.
1: Yes. I don't it's know. Like, how did that it, happen? Some back you know, to the future kind of shit.
2: Exactly. Exactly. Uh, yeah, no, I, I think th- this information, and again, when you stop and think about the internet, who did I hear say, it was a great, uh, a great line, was, you know what WWW stands for, right?
1: World Wide Web.
2: Right. So why it is the abbreviation nine syllables long and what it stands for is only three syllables www versus wide world web yes three syllables in the abbreviation is nine syllables
1: it's conflicting
2: yeah i mean i i spend most of my day contemplating that kind of shit that's why i lost my hair
1: i think larry I have some information I wanted to, I actually wanted to do this on the air because I thought this would be a great thing to talk about. You have access to a Google um, right yeah. next to you? Yes, I want you to go into the search bar, uh-huh, and I want you let me make sure I get this correctly spelled. Sure. I want you to spell this.
2: Hold on one second. Let me just get to a address bar so I don't lose this one tab. Okay, I'm ready.
1: Are you gonna do I L L correction? I literally just said I wouldn't do it this way. I have to do it the other way. It'll be I T.
2: I'm gonna start over now. I T. Mm-hmm. Okay. A. Yeah. N. Uh-huh. I. Uh-huh. M. M as in mother.
1: Correct. You? Yeah. LL? LL? I.com. Dot com? Correct. Now, show me what happens, or tell me what happens after you click submit.
2: I get this incredibly beautiful naked woman. Really? No, I haven't clicked it yet.
1: No. It's not supposed to happen like that.
2: Okay, let's see. NSA it goes to it's redirected to NSA government so NSA.gov we'll,
1: interesting you know what I just I just spelt you
2: I you know I was looking at that before I hit uh, enter and that's why that's why I was pausing and and I just decided let me just hit it
1: you know
0: mm-hmm.
2: no it, so and I guess here let me back up and then I should be able to see it in the uh, no it it didn't stay in the Bar when I backed up. What did what what did what did I type?
1: You typed in Illuminati. Backwards. Oh, that's,
2: I thought it was Illuminati at the very end, but when I looked at it, I, there was something that didn't look like Illuminati.
1: Yes, um, well, it was it was written backwards. So if you were to type it backwards,
2: I gotcha. Okay, I see what you did. Very good. Well, so yeah, it's it's just redirected. So why is that?
1: I mean, I mean, just out of care like how.
2: I, I, I'm just going to guess take sure. a while to last guess is the the people that own Illuminati.com or .org, whatever it may be, mm-hmm. um, you, you know, when, as you well know, when you buy your domains, yeah. you can buy a domain for anything and then mm-hmm. you can redirect it anywhere you want, mm-hmm. um, you, you know, so it, it fits in with what Illuminati is and does in that, yeah, I'm trying to get to Illuminati and I end up at the NSA.gov site. Wow, that's weird. It's not weird. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, if, you know, I've got three or four redirects on misspellings of my name. So, you know, if you get it wrong, you still come back to where I want you to. Yes. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it's, um like I said, it, you know, in the hot and heavy day if you're trying to get onto Illuminati and you get redirected here, fuck, that's weird. Mm-hmm. you know, is, is wow, how are they tied to the NSA? How are they tied to the federal government or you know any of that? And then when you have 45 um, uh, a spreading, Russian propaganda that his security uh, and intelligence agencies, because he's appointed everybody now that's in high power because he's fired everybody else. So they've already said that this Russian propaganda that's being propagated right now is nothing but Russian propaganda. And 45 is retweeting the Russian propaganda. That's frightening. And it kind of gets back to this. Um,
1: Why the fuck is he doing that? He's been
2: warned by his intelligence agencies that, no, this Russian shit is nothing but shit and propaganda.
0: Hmm.
2: Anyway, I don't know how that ties into this, but it's probably close.
1: Yes, as far as a bunch of nonsense happening.
2: Mm-hmm. It's, it's just, again, one of those things that people that, don't care about themselves or don't care about fact when this happens they just accept it and go wow that's right the illuminati runs the world in fact they're running our federal government or at least the national security agency
1: now what do you mean by that do you think that they there's like a a higher power that is control of everything
2: well i mean that's 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 the whole I, and I don't know about the whole, but it's certainly the basis for Illuminati. Illuminati is tightly connected to the Committee of Three Hundred. Yes, it's somehow connected to the Elders of Zion, which is pretty scary. That yes. uh, somehow, I think we could connect dots all the way to the current big cult, which which is Q Anton. Uh, what are
1: that? What are the Elders of Zion?
2: Elders of Zion is it, it's actually based on a, a document, a group or book, uh, which was written originally in the Russian language many years ago, talking about how evil the Jews are, and you know the, the fact that the Jews are conspiring to control the world and the finances of the world and the communications of the world, mm-hmm. you know. Uh, Again, the Jews have constantly been uh, kind of a scapegoat for a lot of shit, Mm -hmm. Uh, you know, and again, tied to, you know, we talked about in that text Rothschild and the Rothschild family, I mean, they're Jews, uh, financiers, as well as the diamond market is controlled uh, by one Jewish family. Mm-hmm. uh and, and diamonds are very finite perhaps more finite finite than than fossil fuel um, and uh the the beers uh you know it's a Jewish family that if you buy a diamond a real genuine diamond the beers had their hands the beers had their hands in it at some stage interesting uh no matter where you buy that diamond if it's a real diamond um so you know you got there you know when shit doesn't go one's way then you look for reasons why the shit went bad you look to someone or something to blame it on when many times it's just us you know we fucked up somehow big bad or indifferent mm-hmm. um so scapegoats are always fun you yes. know mr orc Mr. Oreck, my seventh grade woodshop teacher at George Caleb Bingham Junior High School in Kansas City, Missouri, one of his great sarcastic comments was, don't ever blame yourself if you have somebody else to blame it on. (laughs) You know, and and he was, it was sarcastic, but you know, when he'd say, who just made that noise? And he'd raise your hand and he'd shake his head. don't ever admit to that shit if there's somebody else you can blame it on. Now go to the office, you know. So, Mr. Oryx, words of wisdom.
1: Yeah, he sounds like a straight champion right there. We definitely <laughs> have to have him on the show.
2: Yeah, well, definitely. He's dead now, I'm sure. I mean, yeah. I mean, was maybe, 13 you know, or no, 12. Um,
1: so, we're somebody that would bring dead people to life. I don't know.
2: That would be cool. Like Frankenstein, Dr. Frankenstein could do that.
1: Yeah, he might have some issues though. I don't think we can get a good conversation. He might be like straightforward to angry, back to straightforward.
2: Yeah, and but I'll tell you one thing: uh, when he brought these beans back, he made them bigger and stronger. Fuck you know, yeah! They'd be good to have on a football team.
1: This is true. Put them in the yeah. army. We could yeah, definitely use the them.
2: army. Absolutely.
1: Mm-hmm. Uh, I wouldn't mind sign up for that program too. Yeah. Yeah, just yeah, I was just curious as far as with just an outside perspective on secret organizations that are mythological or complete, utterly nonsense to the, the possibility of maybe. I mean, I think that just, the whole point of the show is bringing self-awareness. And no matter how many lenses, there's so many. And that's just, it's really interesting because that is is what's going on. I'm not necessarily saying the Illuminati. I'm not necessarily saying what the fuck ever we're talking about, but it's just, it's something to bring to light because it's there, we can't ignore it.
2: Absolutely, we can't. And, you know, Greg, a lot of people, I, I, I think a lot of people don't have a clue when you say mention Illuminati, when you mention the Rothschilds, when you mention uh, the Committee of 300, Mm -hmm. Uh, the elders of Zion, number one, not only do many people not have never heard of it, never don't have a clue about it, Mm -hmm. but they won't take the time to see what it is, but they will listen to what somebody tells them about it and accept that as gospel. Um, And and I'm not saying it is or isn't gospel. I'm just saying today, especially with the internet, um, you, you can, um delve into anything instantaneously. And <clears throat> excuse me. I was
1: No, you're not excused.
2: Okay. All right. I'll leave then.
1: But I get it though with the gospel as far as it's we like if we were to tell them about this information, which we are. So right. we are telling them, I can see them accepting it because we have established some credibility by one, we are on the air we are technically like a radio station. I mean, if we made it through the hoops of doing this, somehow we have some factual information that we are presenting. It's like when you go to the doctor's office, he tells you you have cancer. You don't just say, no, I don't fucking have cancer. I don't believe you. You literally will accept it and start crying your ass off. Right, right. I I get that.
2: Or Mm -hmm. at the very least, you say, Oh, that's not good. I need to get a second opinion. Yes. Um, you know, and, and two, for me, and unfortunately, <clears throat> I've been healthy my whole life, at least relatively healthy, yes, compared to a lot of people I know. So <clears throat> when I have stuff going on with my body, <clears throat>
1: as you choke to death right here. Yeah, I well, this. I need water
2: and I'm yeah. out. But oh, no. so what happens? is, before I go to the doctor, I go on the internet, and, you know, I research these symptoms. And then when I go to the doctor, and he says, what's going on? I explain that based on my MD degree from google.com I received, Mm -hmm. I think this is my diagnosis. And, you know, (laughs) sure enough, two or three times out of five, He goes, yeah, you you diagnosed that right. And I go, great, now what are we going to do about it? Yeah. Um, But, yeah, today we do have ways to verify even what our godlike doctors tell us, Uh, whether it's through a second opinion. I'm really serious about that. If I were to go to the doctor and he or she was to to, uh, diagnose something semi-serious or serious, you know, I'd say that's cool. I'm going to get a second opinion and we'll go from there. Um. Although, at my age, you know, why extend this stuff? You know, I mean, just put me down. True. You know, I'd rather go down with what quality of life I know I have right now, mm-hmm. than end up with diapers. You know, pushed into a corner of some nursing home yeah. all day and eating soft foods and pudding and shit like that.
1: I can picture uh, you going down as Walter White off of Breaking there Bad. You
2: go. Yes, 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 the cook.
1: But You mentioned like going to the doctor. I think that's kind of some important information that people don't take into account. We go to the doctor when we are in a bad place, when there's something wrong, when we're sick. Why aren't we going to the doctor when everything is right? Why aren't we getting a baseline on our most Mm -hmm. healthiest conditions and then using that to determine when things do go south? Hey, I know where I should be, but I'm down here. Exactly, like, that can save you a lot of heartache trying to figure <clears throat> shit out. Like, well, maybe this is wrong, maybe that. No, just, there's a lot of simple things that people aren't doing and taking into account.
2: Well, th- you know, it's so much of, of Western medicine, especially the United States medicine, is is based on uh, therapeutics versus preventing 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 illness. You know, it's not until recent years that we really have developed here in the United States a health and wellness industry, an industry that's built on trying to, you know, encourage health and wellness and prevent shit from going wrong versus, oh, my stomach hurts. I'm going to go to the doctor,
0: mm-hmm.
2: you know, uh, and see what's wrong and make him give me a pill. Or cut me open and take out the appendix, whatever's causing the pain, versus if I had a different lifestyle, if I had a different diet, if I didn't sit around on the couch eating a bag of potato chips every day, would I be more healthy? I don't know 100% (laughs) if you would, but I have an idea you probably would. Because when you look at how we humans are designed physically, we were designed to fucking move. Yes, You know? And I know as As I've aged, um, those days where I don't do any physical exercise, the next day I got aches and pains. If I Mm -hmm. do my hour, hour and a half of good physical cardio and strength training, if you will, Mm
0: -hmm.
2: I mean, I get out of bed, you know, like I told you early on, Mm -hmm. I probably probably can outcompete many 30-year-old men or women that are in shitty shape. Mm-hmm. And I see a bunch of them. I see exactly. more people out of shape at all ages than physically, you know, in shape. And what do I base that on? <clears throat> God, Larry,
1: get some water. You're killing us in here. Cool. <laughs>
2: Wait. I get it. A...
1: <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, Larry has just left the building. He's getting some some water as I get myself water and we will be back with you momentarily.
2: Momentarily. Hey, I am them move the river closer to my house. Mm.
1: No, but you're right though. It's I see so many like fat motherfuckers. I mean, I, I, I'm trying not to be negative because I was a fat kid back in the day and but then I was in the military, and then I had to go through so much shit, like like mentally. I'm still probably fucked up from that. But now it's like, it's an accountability thing. If I don't do it, then I am upset with myself because that's basic shit. And then I feel the pain in my body if I don't, if I don't work out. Like thing. Yeah. It's just like, I just want to audit motherfuckers who just fail the height and weight requirements of life. It's just, it's, it's disgusting. It, it 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 here's what what I see
2: as a as an old fuck that when I look at young people that have no physical uh, or internal disease that may exacerbate their obesity and there mm-hmm. are some medical conditions
1: thyroid and
0: yeah
2: so thyroid diabetes. I mean diabetes you know I mean there's mm-hmm. there's some stuff but disregarding that because that's a medical issue that should be addressed early and often. Mm-hmm. Um, I see these young people, and let's assume they're in good internal physical condition. How do they allow themselves to get so out of shape so quick in in certain respects in what's the prime of their life, where they can enjoy yeah. dating and, and the physical aspects of dating mm-hmm. and take advantage of, of the, the muscle mass they have and being trim and slender mm-hmm. and in shape? Um, they're they're mis, you know, and all of that's gonna affect their the quality of their life as they age until they decide I'm gonna do something, I'm gonna I'm gonna get some exercise. Yes. Even if they I've got a couple of friends who say just fucking go walk for 30, 40 minutes a day briskly. Yeah. You don't have to go to the gym. You don't have to go to a treadmill. You don't have to do a marathon. You don't have to lift weights. You just start moving, and the more you move, the more you move.
1: Mm-hmm. Sure to American Heart Association, you need what ten thousand steps, about yeah, five so miles a day.
2: And, and, and ten thousand steps, happens like in your sleep almost. Yeah. I wake up and on. <laughs> it's funny. It's scary, but I'll look at my uh, my watch. And during my sleep, I did like 132 steps, which was really scary. I wonder how many times I walked into the kitchen to get something to eat while I was sleepwalking. And did I ever drive while I was sleeping? Ooh,
1: scary. That that would scare me, Larry. I'm not going to lie. Usually Mm -hmm. I keep a couple guns around the house. It's like if I see somebody sleepwalking, I don't know. (laughs) What the fuck? I am shoot first, ask questions later.
2: I, I do the same. I've broken so many mirrors in the house shooting at him when I'd see myself, but I was asleep. I wasn't <laughs> thinking straight. Um, and then you end up with a shard of mirror in your neck and mm. you have to call the fire department and they come over. Well, how'd this happen? Well, I saw this guy, I shot him. It turned out to be the mirror cause I was sleeping. Mm. Now they won't come to my house anymore. <laughs> it's terrible.
1: Oh fuck, Mary. I don't know what it is about today. I just feel completely like a lazy piece of shit. Like, i might get anything done.
2: Well, and every now and then, you got to have
1: those days.
2: Yes. You know, I mean, it's just like the commercial says. You deserve a break today. Sometimes when, when I have days like that where I just can't get my shit together, yeah. I don't fight it. I just say, fuck it. I'm just going to fuck off today. You know, it's a mental health day. Taking a day off. Get my shit together. Come back stronger tomorrow. Uh, and sometimes it works now if you string them together day after day for a period of two and a half years then you start questioning them, and you need them to go to a doctor and get you know yeah. a pill or some shock treatment or yeah. you know a frontal lobotomy
1: Just a I've little. Done the, <laughs> I've done the shock treatment I, I have a couple tasers I definitely taser myself to see if that would get me moving and how's it do no, it just knocks me on my ass, and I gotta just collect my thoughts for about thirty minutes.
2: I think I'm not sure, but I think you need higher voltage and amperage.
1: Um, you know, hell yeah, yeah. I got one of those little police uh, projectile tasers. Pretty fucking cool. Like I used it during my undercover, like security when I was right when I transitioned out of the army, and that was just the one thing I wanted to do was shoot somebody with this thing.
2: So. Just- have- did, did you in any of your training have the ability to shoot a volunteer or be a volunteer and be shot with it? No, so,
1: no, I, I managed to get around that nonsense to avoid okay. getting hit by one of those things.
2: I was just curious. I didn't know <laughs> if that was part of training. You no, know? It,
1: it definitely is. I, I was able to get around that, so that was good.
2: Before I ever used a, a training collar on, on one of my large dogs, uh, oh, I, shit. I wrapped it around my arm. Oh my God! And you know, I wanted to feel what he felt. And then the trainer that was introducing it to me said, "But yeah, our pain levels are different than that of a hundred and ten pound dog." Um, and I only what's neat is, is the training collar I used. The, if you held the button beyond one second, it would shock. But when you touch the button, it sends an audible beep. So the dog hears that, mm-hmm. and he's conditioned just after one or two zaps that yes. oh fuck when I hear that then I get zapped so I'm going to be good as soon as I hear that beep mm-hmm. and then you take the, the training collar off of them and there's a little dummy collar it's his collar but you attach
0: mm-hmm. this
2: little box to it and he thinks it's the electronic collar
0: mm-hmm.
2: and you seldom ever have to worry it, it's a neat quick very humane way to to deal with behavior that threatens the life of the dog. I lived way up in the hills in Austin and he would cross the busy street Mm -hmm. to chase deer. And when we were out walking, I just had to have a way when he saw four or five deer to get him not, you know, to stop, to sit Yes. uh, rather than risk him in the dark of night. There were no lights, no street lights. Um, and he was black. So unless he turned right in the headlights, you know, and you saw his eyes glisten, and you wouldn't know it. So that's why I got that. And and it was effective. Like I said, I used it a couple times. And after that, when I said, stay, like he'd look at me and then he'd look back at the, at the deer and say, really? And then he'd think, oh, that fucking, <laughs> yeah, I'll stay. <laughs> I think that all went through his mind. Maybe not.
1: Hell yeah. I'm not, what I use with my uh, with my dog, I I trained her in Russian and uh, she's like a attack dog, a little labradoodle, mm-hmm. 70 pounds. And I actually use the military FMs, the military, I might not even put this up there on the air or whatever, we'll see. <laughs> but I used uh like all the shits posted online with the military, if you know how to look for it and... I pulled up their information, on how they train their canine dogs and mm-hmm. I just used their FMs, their manuals, and I applied it to the same thing and tailored some like the shit that I have that would be applicable with her versus other dogs that are uh, driven to please she's or driven to for food or whatever the case may be. And she's, she's a dog that's driven to please her master, which was awesome. Right. And uh, yeah, like I got her, I got it down to a science, like everything in obedience, it's refined to German commands, everything to attack commands is refined in uh, Russian, but uh, it took two and a half years, I got it down to, she pisses on command.
2: Yeah, yeah, that's, I had my dog do that, too. I had a, a Bouvier.
1: Uh, Bouvier, I'm not even familiar with that. Oh, man. Uh so you know. little dude, I bet.
2: Yeah, they, they were originally bred to, to pull dairy carts way back when. Mm-hmm. And then during World War II, the Germans used them for attack dogs. They're one of the few dogs that can uh, jump without planting their rear feet so they can be in a full sprint Nice, and on command just <laughs> jump up and knock a, a full person down, a full-sized mm-hmm. person. And they've got one of those jaws that allegedly has... I mean, some unbelievable, you know, pressure per square inch in their muzzle. Nice. Um, and nice I mean, man. I didn't get it for that reason. I got him just because
1: you're old and you need some backup.
2: Well, this he my last Bouvier. I, he was 13 when I had to put him down, and that was seven years ago. Man, that's Actually rough. Next month. I'm um, sorry. They're just really loyal dogs. Um, their personality. They're real loving kind of dogs, but they're not doggy dogs. They don't come up and, you know, wag your tail, their tail and want you to pet them, you know.
1: <laughs> yeah, that's fucking annoying.
2: Yeah, well, they'll they'll lay on the floor and they'll lift their head up and, and come over Wait, here.
1: How's that going again?
2: You know, <laughs> I, I don't feel like coming over there, but could you come over here and rub my belly, please?
1: Hell no. I you to
2: do that, you know. <laughs> They train you to do that it's amazing
1: are they for people who have allergies pardon me are they are they for people who have allergies are they hyperallergenic dogs yep
2: yeah, pretty much they have they don't shed um they're they have a coarse curly coat other than their beard they have a beard which you know you have to clean daily because it'll absorb all the food from their food bowl mm. um but from that standpoint yeah they're they're because they don't shed, they certainly have dander, um, but they're not as hypoallergenic as a Labradoodle or a Poodle mm-hmm. uh, would be. But that was one of the things I liked about the fact they don't shed, but they have a double coat, so you've got to rake it out.
1: Yeah, they. You know, I'm looking at them right now. They, they look like very fuzzy creatures.
2: They're pretty fuzzy. They're, you know, like he weighed 105. He fluctuated between 105 110. And you know they're a herding dog. Also, mm-hmm. they were used for herding. They don't nip at cattle's heels and bark at them. Mm-hmm. They do full body blocks with them, you know, and shove them around that way. Uh, they're they're a neat dog. Uh, and and there's only a few thousand of them, I think, here in the United States. Um, but. Now, I'm just trying to, to rescue a pup and it, you know, or a dog, an adult. I don't really care. Yeah. But because of COVID, the, there's not a lot of rescues. And when they do get a rescue, they, you got to be Johnny on the spot because they go in a New York minute.
1: Yeah. No, well, I bet. Yeah. yeah. Well, I'm just looking at these hairless cats. And <laughs> for some reason, your face just <laughs> seems to fit perfectly there.
2: Yep. <laughs> Why? Yeah, how do you say that? <laughs> <laughs> I'm not a cat person. I mean, I've met some cool cats in my life, but I would never really live long term with a cat.
1: Yeah, I, I, I don't mind them. I don't mind. I, yeah, I want to cat highway. I
2: think it, they're cool. so different than than a dog. I
1: think this I, requires a certain intellectual to take on that.
2: Absolutely, they're, they're, in in a different way, in mm-hmm. a different way than a dog's intellect because um, yeah. there are some smart-ass dogs out there
1: damn right there are and she's laying right next to me yeah there you go yes she's trained you well fuck yeah she has you know, uh, i think we're gonna call larry it's gonna be a short hey that's cool that's cool um i i did not prepare for this i'm i just i kind of like I, i've been working on it and then yeah. i had to go do that then i've just been don't, don't worry know. about it.
2: The other thing uh, before we go, and obviously you can edit this part out. Sure. Is um, relative to helping you on production, what are you talking about? Um, and like I said, these next three weeks for me, just what I've already got on the books mm-hmm. is just an incredible three weeks coming up. It's uh, actually starting today. And yes. You know, Stevie said, you know, will you meet me at Barry's Pool? And I said, I'd love to, but, you know, I'm like tied up until Thursday, literally. Okay. Um, so tell me what, what you got in mind and let me see what I can
1: contribute. What, what can you do? Like, are you familiar with the uh, social media? Are you good at connecting that? You know, I even... I'm just learning. How,
0: yeah.
2: Really. Um, I, you know, I mean, I've got some followers and stuff, but Mm-hmm. I don't use social media to the extent I should. I know some of the, the tricks. Yes. Oh, um, it gets
1: very deep. I can teach. Yeah, so I much. just
2: don't. Um, y- you know, one of my coaches, uh, my nonfiction coach, you know, says what you need to do is you sign up for HootSuite or something. And then when you, you, you can schedule like a month's worth of postings. Yes. And it I... just, you push a button and then it goes to all your social media mm-hmm. platforms. So, you're not having to spend a bunch of time posting to Facebook and posting to Instagram and posting here. And BootSuite yeah. yeah. will go out and post for you everywhere you want to post. And, like I said, you can sit down at the beginning of each month and post 18 posts to be posted on this day at this time. And you push, boom. Or I don't know the button. I don't know what the button says. It's send you push <laughs> it, the radio button, and click it. Yeah.
0: Boom. So that's
1: done. that's the like, I have uh I have this online. I I just got it set up to release uh, weekly email letters, mm-hmm. and I just finally finished that. And I had a what do you call it? A social media guy, and he was just he just fucked it all up.
2: Well, yeah, and now you know I'm not saying they're not worth it because. The, the good guys are worth whatever their fees are um mm-hmm. but it, it's something too I, I firmly believe when i'm i'm trying to learn how to do this social media mm-hmm. and then it's easier to hire somebody to do it for you because two you know what's involved and when they give you their rate mm-hmm. you know you can say yeah well that's that's a see, when i realize how much time it takes and whatever expertise he had to develop or she had to develop that's fair. I I can, but otherwise, you know, it's hard to know whether, in two, whether they're doing their job well or not. Mm -hmm. Anyway, that's just my opinion there,
1: but. No, like it would be helpful if like you can like cipher the previous like podcast release and like point out like some good information that catches your attention for, for, the type of person you are. One is an older male, a different generation. Cause I'm trying to consolidate data analytics. I have so much, I have Google, um, what do you call it fucking, what is it called? Um, uh, ads happening. I have Facebook ads. I have Instagram ads and I got this other ad thing going on and I have all this data and I'm trying to compile a target audience to reach more people and, I think it'll be really interesting as far as to get somebody at your age or somebody below that. If I can understand what you find that's interesting, what you find, because that, that's an audience that I'm having trouble connecting with.
2: Yeah. And that's I, probably here. Here's one thing I will tell you about me and, and, and I'm an anomaly, I think, for I that. a lot so, of yeah. people in my era. Mm-hmm. Um, not, And I, I don't say that in, in any judgmental way, good, bad, or indifferent for me or anybody else. It's just, mm-hmm. I'm a weird motherfucker.
0: Yeah, you are.
1: You know. Um, 69, ripped, fucking yeah, hilarious. Exactly. I don't know anybody um, like that.
2: <laughs> well, you know, just the way I've, I've lived my life and, you know, uh, but so but I can relate with a lot of baby boomers, the people, basically my generation. Mm-hmm. Um, and I know what a lot of them, uh, what they're into, what interests them, what doesn't. Uh, and I think almost one thing we could talk about, not today, because I know you, you've already told me where, where you're at today, uh, but we should spend some time uh, on some of this stuff that, is boring as hell, but effective as hell. And that's picking out a niche and then really zoning your podcast and all of your social media and your email campaigns, if you will, Mm -hmm. newsletter, whatever you want to call it, to go after that niche. What I'm suggesting is find a specialized niche and market that, yeah. It's real defined, and the population mm. that you would be hitting is much narrower than a broad population. But again, if you've got two million people that exist in that niche, and you get fifty, you get twenty-five percent of them, all of a sudden you got five hundred thousand people. Yes. So that's a pretty big audience, um, you know, for a podcast considering. Mm. There's literally tens of thousands of podcasts out there always competing for somebody's listening time. Mm-hmm. Uh and that's why I think if you can zone in and I don't know, I'm just this is just coming off the cuff, if you will, although I don't have cuffs on. See, I'm short sleeved.
1: Yeah, you're cuffless.
2: I'm cuffless, yeah, and clueless many times too. Same. I'll tell you I'm not clueless. Uh But I have been sleepless in St. Louis before versus (laughs) sleepless in Seattle. Uh, And I don't know that I want to be in Seattle right now, even though I love Seattle, but it's a little crazy for me at this moment. I believe that. Uh, Yeah. Um, So that's one thing Mm -hmm. is zone in on a niche, a specialized niche, but one that has, again, a big enough population that if you only get 10 or 15%, you got a huge audience.
1: See, that's my, It's it's fucking difficult because <clears throat> I can't, I don't share with anybody. I don't fucking talk to people. I mean, I, I talked, apparently a lot of people from my military have been contacting me from the military and they told me this. And that it, it I haven't heard any reviews from anybody. And this was the first person that gave me a review and uh, they said, I was in when I was during boot camp. I was in a platoon of 72 people, and we dealt with some fucked up shit. And everybody always looked at me during the most intense situations. And I didn't understand that at the time, but then they were bringing it to perspective by saying, like, during these times of stress and just uncertainty, we always looked to Fabaza because I would laugh at the most weirdest shit because I didn't know how to handle fucking like some dude screaming at me. I'm like, I never went through this in my entire life. <laughs> like some dude going psychotic about ready to beat the shit out of me. I'm just, I would just laugh. <laughs> and they would, they saw me laugh and they're like, okay, we got nothing to worry about. Like, as right. long as you're laughing, we're, we can get through this. And I don't know, I find that really inspirational to me. finding out now and that's kind of what what i like i wanted to put in there as far as humor as far as information as far as something that's completely out there because i think we need that especially more than anything right now absolutely um it it to a certain degree you know can
2: give people an opportunity to stop and laugh at themselves yes how they view some of that information or if they thought that was gospel and maybe you put a a doubt in their mind and then they did take the time to go Google it and said, Oh fuck, I can't believe I believe that shit. You know, I gotta be more attentive. Uh, but in the same breath they get to laugh at themselves for being a doofus.
1: Exactly. And that's what we need. Yeah.
2: We've got to, um, be able to laugh at ourselves, laugh at the stupid stuff we do, mm-hmm. <clears throat> because if we can't, then everything becomes too serious, and, and humor, it mm-hmm. uh, lightens everything, and, and I mean, there's times when, when you have to be serious, but most of the time, uh, we can make everybody's life easier by laughing and especially laughing at ourselves uh, or laughing at others as long as it's not harmful. Like I, when you were talking about having some dude, you know, screaming in your, I, I, I picture, you know, the drill sergeant, like right up in your face, screaming and oh, fuck, coming yeah.
1: out of his mouth. Hitting that's you definitely away. happening.
2: Yeah. and all, <laughs> There was
1: saliva, saliva exchange going on.
2: Exactly. And you know, and his neck's all fucking, you know, his veins are popping out. And you're just sitting there.
1: (laughs) (laughs) It's like, shut the fuck up, private. I'm like, I can't. You're making me laugh, dude. This is uncomfortability
2: laugh. Yeah. It's, uh, wow. You know, uh, and again, that's, I know it didn't seem like it at the time, and maybe retrospectively, it doesn't even sound like it, but that's experience that the majority of people never have, because the majority of people have never and will never be involved with the military. I mean, there's, I don't know, hundreds of thousands or a few million. I don't know what the military population is at any given point in time, but compared to 330 million it's it's really small. So just a small population of people go through that. And and like I say, having never gone through it, but being on the outside looking in, that experience has got to be invaluable later in life, even momentarily. You know, Mm -hmm. um, you're trained, I think, to, to deal with Every situation, worst case situation, you're trained to be aware of what's happening around you at all the time. I yes. mean, and the discipline, good, better, and different. That discipline you can carry with you forever. Most importantly, what I wish, what would I miss? Um, and I know this vicariously through friends that served in the military, is these lifelong relationships of camaraderie yeah. the people you meet with that there's a small group that you remain in contact with much of your life uh and it, it's a, a relationship like even with your your best buddy from second grade you, you couldn't have mm-hmm. because you know i don't care how long you were in the military that period of time you spent you know in the barracks when you were in barracks and you know, in boot camp and, Mm -hmm. you know, getting a Liberty, a free weekend. And, you you know, you go out and have several beers and all you're talking about is getting fucked up up or, man, it was unbelievable when that sergeant was in your face and you just fucking laughed. (laughs) I mean, you had to do 142 push-ups in 12 (laughs) seconds, but you did it and moved on.
1: Anyway. No, I mean that, that definitely is something to to look back on. I, n- I never really understood it because I was somebody who had a difficult social upbringing and certain things I have not learned was just understanding the value of a friendship and how to maintain that. Like simple things that people do automatically, I struggle with doing because I just wasn't exposed to it. And then it gets weird when I bring it up to people. It's like, oh, well, you're kind of fucked up. I don't want to be around you. Well, it's like, well... If you think I'm that way, then I want to be around you because you have a closed off mindset and you're fixated on bullshit rather than the reality of the situation of me being a good person who won't screw you over. But again, that means you haven't learned yourself. So please be gone.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Trust is, uh,
1: um, it's hard to trust
2: somebody else if you don't trust yourself. Mm Um. In some time, when it, whatever level of comfort you might have, it'd be interesting to learn about some of these things that um, you were brought up with. Yeah, maybe some similarities we might have had, or vast differences in how it's affected uh, where we are today uh, I,
1: in our own life. I'm curious. Like, I would like to bring it up eventually. It's pretty deep. There's a lot of shit that I know for a fact. If I were to share this, on like share what happened and what were things that I was doing, it would shock America, because they'll be like, "There's things that there's still people out there that think like this way to go after and ensure justice." I'm gonna leave it at that.
2: Okay, that's it. Yeah, like like I said, this was uh, I just threw that out there.
1: Yeah,
0: uh, yeah, because...
2: It's food for thought. Exactly. Whatever level of comfort, if at all. Um,
1: no, maybe that might be a special podcast where we will have just a huge event where we talk about my upbringing, what I wanted to do right when I got out of the military. The most fucked up shit anybody would ever think was completely normal to me. Yeah. Exactly.
2: Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, too, you might learn that in, in different ways um, many people have gone through and i know this sounds weird but have gone through similar stuff but just in different ways but affect them uh, in the same dramatic large scale having lasting effects for lot you know good better and different effects I'm not making judgment on how any of us are the way we are based on how we were brought up. Mm -hmm. But I think we're all to one degree or the other, a product of the way we were brought up and the environment we were brought up in.
1: Yes. Well, now that I, like I hit that closing part of where the podcast will end, I can definitely tell you that I was at a point when I did get out of the military Mm -hmm. where I started to utilize my skill sets in managing a military like a brigade of 4,500 elements and planning out missions for the next two weeks. So I knew how to plan out uh, an event that I wanted to take place on the finest details. And I would, (coughs) and uh, I planned out, uh, what do you call it? As far as putting myself in dangerous situations to hurt bad people. And uh, there's a couple situations where I actually moved to a new location because I did a lot of research on uh, pedophiles. And I actually took everything into account on these people that were over there and how I'm going to kill them, what I'm going to do to kill them and how I hunt them down. I learned the police procedures. I learned everything about everything. Yeah. So I can be like the like the world's worst serial killer.
2: <laughs> Make the world better though in, in doing That's it. That's
1: what I thought in my head, but in reality, it won't solve anything. It's like, is this something I really want to do? I know yes. once I do this, I can't go back. Exactly. I, I planned everything out as far as getting a truck cover, just to throw the body in there, nobody will notice to chemicals to letting their bodies soak for a long period of time. I had underwater underwater uh, store or what do you call it? Like a sewer line kind of thing yeah. where they pumped the water out in this area that I lived on 27 and a half acres of land all by myself. It was, it was supreme because that's what I thought I wanted to do. Cause I was fucked up from a lot of shit that happened to me as a kid. Yeah. And, uh, rip in the true crime podcasting as far as somebody who actually wanted to do that because I know that's definitely nobody's willing to come out there and say that I don't give a fuck no, them,
2: you're absolutely right I'll,
1: <clears> tell them, <throat> I'll tell them I'll tell them yeah I'm gonna be a fucking real killer I was, gonna be, I was gonna be better than all of the ones that were out there but I'm gonna kill the bad people I'm not gonna do good people fuck I was a good person that got fucked over
2: yeah almost vigilante like yeah know, taking care of justice because
1: nobody seems to take care of it. Yeah, yeah. Because like when I lived in Colorado Springs, I used to fucking hunt homeless people. Because I would li- literally wait for them. Because I this sounds bad when I say that out loud. So it's like <laughs> they would. There, I lived over in Colorado Springs where there was a. It's what is it CS not CSU? It's C, There's a huge a university and there's this creepy ass like walk path that goes for miles through downtown Springs. And these fucking homeless people would creep up on uh, college students at night. So I would just be on the prowl looking for these motherfuckers. And I would just find them, beat the shit out of them. Hence is why my dogs train so well is backup. That's what I used her for, is to have my back. I would carry guns, a couple of guns on me, projectile, taser. No. I lost you, Larry. Larry, you're not talking. There's no... There you go. Yes. I'd put mute on so I could cough and clear my throat. No, oh, you're good. Uh, you're probably like, dude, this guy's fucking crazy. Like, I'm talking away, and you're like, "Holy shit! Holy shit!" <laughs> I do that a lot. Anyway. It's like I got this on recording, Greg. You yeah, fucked. Hey, yeah. uh, <laughs> okay, Larry, I didn't kill anybody. I sure hell beat the fuck out of some people, but I didn't kill them. No,
2: in in it's good because otherwise. We do. We'd be doing this, mm-hmm. except you would be somewhere in a penitentiary. You know, yes. we'd be zooming. Yeah, I'd um, be down with that. You know, and you'd have like an orange jumpsuit on. You want me to?
1: I can. No. I can get the background set up that way. We yeah. can do. <laughs>
2: we could do like a prison
1: deal. Yes. I would be down with it to share it and yeah. see who believes it. That's right. Because we could get people to believe it. You know, it's
2: all entertainment, right?
1: Yeah. And it's not a lie.
2: No, no, because we're all in prison uh, yeah. in, in a way.
1: Different. In ourselves.
2: Yeah, in ourselves and mm-hmm. in, in our mind.
1: question is, do, do I want to let that guy out? I don't know.
2: Yeah, yeah I'll let him out. I understand. Mm-hmm. I have to deal with mine all the time. My little demons try to get out.
1: I feel like you're a psychopath, Larry.
2: I, well, you know, you're not the first person that thought that. You yeah. know, I Five therapists quit because they said, I can't help you. You know, you need that frontal lobotomy. Uh, a big one. Mm -hmm. And so when I go through the metal detector at the airports, I always cause a problem because this plate goes from like, you know, here to here.
1: Interesting. Um,
2: Yeah. And a lot of times if I want some extra stimulation late at night, I'll take a lamp cord and strip two ends of it and plug the other end into the outlet. Then take those two stripped areas and just hold them right above my steel Mm -hmm. plate.
1: Yeah. uh, That sounds nice.
2: Yeah, well, it's sometimes when you're bored.
1: Yeah. I think you're trying to be funny, though. To me, it sounds like it would be a good idea, though.
2: No, it's just, no. And, 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 yeah, don't try this at home.
1: Mm
2: -hmm. (laughs) Don't try this at home. I've probably never done that.
1: What's that tattoo you got right there on your neck? I never asked you that.
2: That's when I was in prison in Mexico. That's how they kept track of us.
1: I knew it. I knew you are in fucking prison. I can tell.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Larry, let's get that out there.
2: Hey, everybody knows. Most people do.
1: Yeah, yeah. You were in, in prison. Did you kill anybody? Oh, no, no. You wanted I wanted to, though.
2: I wanted to, and so yeah. I was actually imprisoned for my desires. One of the few people that was ever imprisoned for your desires to kill imbeciles. Really? Uh, yeah, and, and they were just unhelpful imbeciles. Um, that may not be true. Uh, I'll check. But, mm. no, I actually... This was to be a part of the Incan or Mayan sun calendar. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the tattoo artist, he had no clue as to what I was... He, he was probably a Mayan. He mm. actually had it done in, in, uh, in Cabo. Nice. Uh, and so then he just started showing me a bunch of books and, you know, point to something that's similar. And this is the first thing that was similar. Uh, and it's different, and I, I I actually like it. And many times I forget that it's there, and I'll be somewhere, and so I go, "Oh, that's really cool tattoo." You go, "Oh, you can see the tattoo on my back. I know this one. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't. Yeah, you know, I forgot that one. Yeah,
1: isn't that for like some sort of like cults? You gotta have some sort of like symbology on Art. your yeah yeah your face area.
2: yeah, I wanted um the the two I really wanted, but fortunately. The lady I was with at the time, you know, she disallowed it. Um, one, I wanted, like, a third eye tattooed here. Fuck yeah. You know, I mean, a really, really real-looking eye,
0: mm-hmm.
2: you know. I just think that would be cool, and when you're talking to somebody you see there, to they keep looking above your eyes. So why the fuck does he have that tattooed on there? Or tattooed you're too young probably to remember an old news anchor um sam donaldson you can google it so you can fully understand it but get an image of sam donaldson news anchor um he had jet black hair that was like shoe polish black even in his older age he didn't have gray hair so shoe polish so and his hair was it, it was just like a helmet, and it came across his head like that. I wanted to spend like a year and a half just having that full, thick, black hair tattooed onto my head. <laughs> you know, you never have a bad hair day. Yeah, um, You wouldn't get the glare, you know.
1: Uh, I but, know you're joking. I know people probably think you're fucked yeah. up in the head when you tell them this stuff. Right.
2: That's exactly
1: what I do. That's what, I mean, like Larry, there's a connection here. I know that. Yes. You're like a future version of me.
2: Yeah, well, you know, you need to go get help so you don't turn out like this.
1: Yeah, no, you're fucking right. I definitely do because people yeah. think I'm mad. I, I feel crazy. Only Somewhere
2: if you're, you're thinking that this is where you'll end up. You know, you don't want to be bald headed.
1: Oh, it's definitely happening. Did you have blonde hair when you were younger?
2: No, it was actually brown. It was dark brown until I was, I don't know, I want to say a freshman in high school. I started getting gray hair, which was really cool. By the time I turned 20, 21, women thought the gray was really cool. And then when I started losing my hair in my 30s...
1: They didn't think that was cool then.
2: Yeah, but then when you meet people, you know, and they go, Oh man, you know, bald's really cool. The only people that say bald is cool are bald people. And I don't say it's cool or the women you're with. Cause if they're with you, what are they supposed to say? I'd rather have a guy with hair. Well then yeah, go get them, dude. You know? Um, so I have several wigs when I go out at night and do weird stuff. I'll put on my disguise and I've got mm-hmm. these wigs and, Different mustaches and stilts to make me tall.
1: Yeah, know. I believe that.
2: Yeah, most of it's pretty unbelievable,
1: mm-hmm. literally. Uh, you, you, you hunt people, don't you? You want to go kill them too?
2: Well, I don't so much want to kill them. It's, it's um,
1: Beat the shit out of them.
2: I, sometimes, yeah, some of them. But I do mm-hmm. like the hunt. I do like the hunt aspect. Yeah. And, you know, to terrorize them and then let them go without hurting them.
1: That's a good idea.
2: Uh, yeah, you know, it's a, it, it's good for, you know, a boring night. Um, yeah, yeah, no. I don't want... Uh, I did have to terrorize some neighbors this morning because the city decided they'd finally repair these street utility cuts on the street for like two blocks.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Um, and so they posted these signs yesterday morning that Wednesday this is no parking Wednesday from 8 a.m. till 4 p.m so they could get the street repaired right and it's weird how many people either don't see these signs and I mean there was a plethora of them <clears throat> because there was three cars parked there this morning which I didn't think much about because the street wasn't the, the, the street crews weren't out. Mm -hmm. Then all of a sudden they come with three trucks and, you know, their diesel engines are running and I look out the window and one car is still parked there. So I kind of know where the guy lives generally, but, you know, it took me four tries and a lot of banging on the windows and doors to finally get somebody to open. I go, is that yours? And he goes, yeah. Now he sees the trucks and he saw the sign right in front of his car that said no parking today.
1: He's fucking parked there anyway.
2: Yeah. And then he goes, well, should I move my car? And I said, not unless you want it towed, but the dude asked me if it was my car. Cause they're getting ready to call the tow truck. So it's all up to you guy. And he goes, oh, I'll move it.
1: Wise choice. Yeah. I would yeah. love to kick his ass. Like you just for being a fucking moron.
2: Yeah. I mean, really. Okay, and there's not a son. car. It, you know, I live in the city, so this whole stretch of two full city blocks that normally has several cars parked, there wasn't a car to be seen for these two blocks except his.
1: So I can't picture up, you living in the city. I picture you more as a, like a, your own piece of property out in the middle of fucking nowhere.
2: Yeah, that's that's where I'd, I'd kind of out nowhere, but close to city for convenience and, in you know, fun. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, uh, I, no, I now I'm a city. I'm a city dweller. You know, small apartment. But, you know, I like it. It's just me mm-hmm. um, in the the apartment. Obviously, I live in the city, so it's not just me. But this is true. It's you know, it's kind of exciting being urban, like especially in St. Louis. We're a very yeah. diverse city.
1: Hate, St. Louis is disgusting. It's a yeah, ass
0: place. compared to
2: the places I've lived, but um, I've really, over the last six years, I've been here six years now, uh, and it's kind of a cool city, and the best part about it is one of my children and two of my grandchildren live here, so it's uh-huh. the first time in, I mean, many years that we've lived in the same city, so, you know, it's, uh, family's pretty cool, like, like kids and grandkids. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you know, so I've I've got a chance to spend time with them, and that makes it pretty nice. But I love the desert. You know, I moved here after living in Arizona for fifteen years. Uh, yeah,
1: that that seems like it's more your style.
2: Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna probably if if I make it long enough, I, I I wouldn't mind, you know, dying in the desert. Although the thing that scares me is with how my kids close at hand, you know. Mm -hmm. who's going to make sure I don't end up, you know, in a nursing home and just give me the pill and put me down.
1: Larry, you you put me in charge of that. I'll make sure I fucking kill you. I'll put you down.
2: All right. But without pain. I mean, just one Mm -hmm. bullet.
1: No, no, no. We won't do the bullet. I'm going to drive you to Oregon so you can get that pill. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Oh,
2: to get the pill. Exactly. Well, I'm hoping Mm -hmm. here soon, maybe Missouri will. I think there's like 10 or 13 states that have that. And I, you yeah, I talked to my daughter about that, that even if I had to go to Oregon to get the pill, mm-hmm. even though you're supposed to do it, I think, within 12 months, the pill's probably still going to work in 18 months. Mm, yeah. um, or if not, just get an extra one.
1: Oh, um, yeah. so Wait, it doesn't work instantly? You can't die within a 24-hour period? No, you
2: know, I have no idea. I mean, I think you can take it anytime once it's prescribed and you pick it up. But mm-hmm. I think it's... The way I understand the law, I mean, it's so restrictive as to who can get it.
1: Yeah, hell no, we'll get that. Um,
2: yeah, no, that that needs to, that, that really does need to be liberalized because um, we we each should have control over our body to the degree that if it's time for us to go, let us go. Um, you, you know, it, it, it's it's a hassle for everybody. Now mm-hmm. again that's what I say right now when I'm in good health and I can walk and I don't slobber all the time and I can control my bowels and urine.
1: I will not wipe your ass, Larry. No, I I would not. And
2: I would not want anybody to, but that's what I'm saying. When you get there, I wonder if you get there and are aware, do you change your mind? You know, like Christopher Reeves the day before he had that accident and fall off his horse and became paralyzed from his neck down Mm -hmm. He'd tell, like, his close friends and family, man, if I'm ever paralyzed, put me down. And then it happened to him, and he used, of course, he had vast resources financially and everything else. And he used all those to have a quality of life that very few paralyzed people ever get to have in the Mm -hmm. finest medical care and medical research. But so at that instant, I wonder if he changed and said, oh, no, I'm going to fight to walk again. Even though the day before it happened, he said, "If I'm ever a paraplegic, he put me down." And then when it happens, oh my God, no! You know, because I think our system's set up to struggle for life. Yes, we as a being,
1: you know. I see. I see what you're putting down here, as far as that challenge when we're faced against this, the situation like that we feel like it's necessary to fight against it rather than just accept defeat yeah. automatically.
2: It, I, I think, yeah, just it built into our.
1: It's a primitive instinct. That's for sure. Yeah,
2: instinct, Instinctually, just like any other animal, just like any other life form. I mean, you look at a plant, you look at a bug, you look at any animal. We're included in the animal part. Um, the, the only living being perhaps that, well, even AI, I think is is designed to continue to live. Um, but we we as, as animals and forms of life as we think about forms of life, biological forms of life and there's some debate whether AI is in fact biological a biological form of life, but every living thing struggles to stay alive. that's kind of its purpose stay alive and propagate.
1: Um, it's like the law of therm- thermal dynamics or some shit, the first law.
2: Yeah I mean so it that's why I think I've, I've heard I've never tried it. in uh, this I would not try. It just doesn't sound pleasant but allegedly we can't suffocate ourselves. you know you, well your your uh, instinctual bodily reaction is to finally let go because you gotta yeah. breathe. Although there's a movie uh, with... Uh, it's about know. to get
1: weird, isn't it, Larry? Go
2: it ahead. is, it is. But in the movie, this dude, an ex-military dude, he uh, he killed his wife, put on his uniform, um, and there's a whole bunch of reason why this took place. But the shortcut is he kills his wife by suffocating her with a plastic bag and duct tape. -hmm. And he was able to restrain her while you know she was fighting, and then he was—he made sure his military suit with all his his uh, uh, medals and honors was all just like pristine, like a soldier would be.
1: Fuck yeah, it's gotta be.
2: And then he put this plastic bag over his head, and duct taped it shut, and laid down on the bed. And I mean, you saw him kick, and a couple times he'd raise his hands, but. He had the discipline from the military to not tear that shit off, which I don't, I don't, I don't think.
1: It's fucking possible.
2: Yeah, I think we would tear it off to the, yeah, it could be he taped it on well enough so that even as he was trying to struggle with it, it was too late. Mm -hmm. And he died. But anyway, it's weird that I go down these just weird fucking paths.
1: No, no, it's interesting because I think that's like some straight determination shit to ride that out. I yeah. like that.
2: Yeah, it's. um
1: But Larry, if you want to kill yourself, let's get that out there right now. Or you want to die when your body isn't fully functional? Yeah. You let me know. Don't let your kids know. Just say, okay. Ray, come over here, pick me up, take where we gotta go. Even though you can't articulate what the fuck you're saying, I'll know, I know what to do.
2: Yeah. Well, if you know thing. it. That's fine. Yeah. Um, that's all I need. Uh, Cause, one, I'm a wuss bucket. Uh, mm-hmm. and, and two, as I've aged and have seen contemporaries early on—I mean, in their twenties, all the way up through, you know, today—if you will—suffer some serious illness. I don't think I'm strong enough to even fucking fight serious illness and. The, the therapeutic end and what it does to your body and, and, the, and, you, and you have no bodily function or you can't eat like you used to. And, you know, you can't have that great morning dump, you know, yeah. with a nice clean wipe. You, you know, I, I, those are quality of life things to me. I, I don't want a diaper. I don't want to have a feeding tube. I, I don't want to God. be relying on machines to keep me alive because it, you, you know, Back in the day, of the, the caves and the Neanderthal people, mm-hmm. I, 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 true, you only lived to maybe, I don't know, 26 or so. Oh, yeah. But, you know, you were a vibrant hunter and gatherer and, you know, uh, appropriator of life. And, you know, when the saber tooth tiger came and got you, it was all over.
1: Okay, it was.
2: Or, or, you know, if you cut yourself and got an infection, you got sick and died. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, there wasn't somebody that, you know, puts you onto machines to keep you alive another year and a half, only to say, you know, Larry's been in this coma on this machine for a year and a half, and we're pretty confident right now we can't do anything for the last year and a half he's been like this, don't you think it's time to pull the fucking plug and make room for another COVID patient? Mm -hmm. You know, I mean, it's a lot of suffering for a lot of people. I think. Larry,
1: that's pretty specific. Are you getting, you having some thoughts about death here? You getting closer?
2: Yeah, only because insurance age. I just turned mm-hmm. in August third. Insurance you age it, 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 at the six month point. Mm-hmm. So you know they round up, right? yeah So August third, I turned seventy for insurance purposes. Mm. Seventy is fucking old,
0: man, yeah,
1: is.
2: and it happened really quick you say well it happened over 70 years but i i get that but time's so relative i, I wonder how i got here and 70 year old even mm-hmm. now i'm 70 years old 70 years old I, no way you look at it i know people are living till 90 so that's 20 years from now mm-hmm. but what i'm telling you is yeah 70s old i feel good i mean i'm probably not to be self-serving, but I'm probably in better shape than a lot of 70-year-olds, and there's probably a lot of 70-year-olds that are in much better shape than I am.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: But it's it's frightening only because I know chronologically, look, from an actuarial standpoint, our average age is a male non-smoker. Our average age is 77.
0: Yeah,
2: so, so, actuarially, I got seven years left. Yeah, I, that's silly because I can walk outside and be run over by a truck.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: You can do that when you're two years old too. But just from a chronological standpoint, I'm getting—I'm definitely in the the fourth quarter. I may be in overtime, you know, mm. uh, metaphorically. So, I de- death doesn't um, monopolize my thought, but. You know, I know that probably in different terms, you know, I've got maybe 14, 13 summers left, you know.
1: Let me ask you this, Larry. How do you want to spend your remaining time alive on this planet? (laughs) And do you believe in reincarnation? And also, do you believe that, nah, we'll come back to that.
2: Let's go over Uh, those two first. I believe in afterlife. I'm not sure what, exactly how I believe in an afterlife. I believe that when we die, I just feel that's not it. Okay. Good, bad, or indifferent, what may happen after. Could it be reincarnation? Yes. Could it be, you know, living in the house of the Lord Forever and ever, and it's all cool, and you can eat as much ice cream and red meat as you want. You don't yeah, even sounds have like to deals, exercise yeah. unless you like it. Yeah, um, you know, or you know, am I gonna like be with all my buddies down in hell, burning, and you know, living with Lucifer and those guys? Um, <laughs> you know, and uh, I, I don't think about that stuff. But um, what you, the, the first question you ask is actually. Uh, a soul-searching question. I mean, what do I want to do with the rest of this? Yes. Because a lot of guys, when I say guys, guys, gals, I mean, they hit their late 60s, early 70s, and because they have another 15 or 20 years to go, they do vibrant, important shit in the last quarter of their life. And right now, knock on wood, I mean, Mm -hmm. I'm physically, you know, I'm able to do a lot. Uh, this is when I should be leaving that legacy, so that the little speck of time I occupied here on Earth, I, I did some good for some people, and and I'm not sure how to how to actualize that. What what can I do to have the most impact on the most people? Um, that will improve their lives today and people's lives beyond their lives is there something i can do um and is it just be kind to everybody i meet uh you know from an ss
1: if we were to look at that real quick because i i can't hold it back any longer if you be kind to, to everybody you meet yes that's a good thing for you but in reality it does nothing for Exactly. Because nobody's going to take that away. People nobody's are going to remember, hey, Larry
2: was kind to me. You remember that day? In own
1: fucking head. They're all selfish. But I think if you're looking for something, what I see is you just learn this not too far from here as far as you wanting to leave a legacy, wanting to make an impact, just the thought of wanting to do something good. What if you were able to inspire people at an earlier age to have these thoughts sooner rather than at the end of their lives. I think yes. that's very important because yeah. right now what you're going through is called the oddball effect yeah. Yeah. where people are looking back on their past. It's like, damn, I didn't do so well And that. Yeah. that and you're getting closer to the end. It's like, no, you still got plenty of time to do something, but it's just, we, we need to get people to start thinking about that way sooner. Yes.
2: Yes. And, 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 yeah. yeah. That, that's precisely What in my mind I envision doing, but then also, excuse me, I remember being young, being younger, looking at old people, my age now, and, and, or having conversations with them. And they're saying all these cliches, like time goes by really fast, you know, before you know it, you're going to be an old man, you know, you (laughs) got to, and and I'm sitting there saying, dude, I'm fucking 30 years old first of all, I got 40 years to get there. I got plenty of time. And then you wake up and, you know, it's the day of your 50th birthday and you go, fuck 50. I'm getting AR, AARP fucking magazine sent to my house. Now I'm 50. I can get senior discounts at the show. You know, I'm not a senior. I'm only 50. Yeah. And then you turn 60. Yeah. Fucking six. And then 65 and You know when you're filling out forms online, and you gotta, you know, you you've got to scroll down for the month of your birth and the day of your birth, and then you got the scroll down box for the year of your birth. I mean, it takes me 20 minutes to get to 1951. Or what's worse is a form that has age brackets. You know, you're under 25. uh, You know, 26 to 35, and it's like, oh my God, I'm in 65 and over that's the last bracket (laughs) you know there's no bracket you know 82 to 100 Mm -hmm. they should put that bracket in so at least oh fuck i got two brackets to go (laughs) i'm in the last bracket (laughs) there's nowhere else to go dude so yes how can i how can i affect even even with my own children although both of them are you know they got their their mom's brains um are way ahead but to so many young people that think, oh, that's 40, 50 years away. I don't have to deal, think about it now. No, you, you got to plan, start planning and living your life to have a real meaning, uh, to accomplish your goals, to follow your dreams. All of those esoteric cliches, I, I, I firmly believe are true. Um, and right now, because I wasn't, didn't always Take that path. Um, and many times I took the path too often. Uh, you know, I find myself today having a number of regrets that I can't get rid of. And I don't, when I leave this world, I'd like to leave without any regrets. And those regrets are all in, internal more so than anybody else knowing them, if you will. Uh, and And I should let go of so many of the regrets because, you know, you can't just go through life kicking yourself in the the butt. I should have, would have, could have. Only if, only if, if my fucking aunt had balls, she'd be my uncle. So it doesn't do anything. Mm Should have doesn't do anything. Yet, I think it's human nature to be really hard on ourselves. And when you have 70 years to look back on and say, look at all this shit I I did wrong, knowing what I know now, well, half the time when I was doing it, I knew better. But you're young and fucking footloose and fancy free, and 70 ain't ever coming. It's years away.
1: Oh, it's fucking coming, whether I like it or not. I just want to – I'm just – Question myself: Do I want to beat it? Do I want to kill myself before no, that happens? No,
2: <laughs> I'm joking. <laughs> no, I know. But I mean, this is a lot of people. You know, they 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 seriously question mm-hmm. like that. I mm-hmm. um, I, I dealt with suicide. I mean, you know, straight on. Yes. Uh, with a loaded 357 to my head in the parking lot of a Walmart in Austin, Texas. I believe that. And, and there was a big part of me that really wanted to do it, yet there was a small part of me that was really frightened because of the afterlife. Uh, and I made a couple phone calls that were, I, I really needed these people, you know, not to say, yeah, go ahead and pull the fucking trigger, Oliver. I wanted them to say, no, don't, promise me you won't, because I knew there was that little bit of doubt. Mm-hmm. And making that kind of decision is the only decision in life that you can't redo there's no do-overs every other decision we make in life we can change except that you, you can't change that decision
1: you just said that perfectly with um having somebody to call right before you wanted to kill yourself um that can resonate with lots of people especially with my old uh, army captain he is writing a book he's out to get a message as far as planning ahead on people you can call when that situation happens letting these people know ahead of time hey i'm going to call you sometime in the night or the day when this happens whatever you do please answer my phone call having that planned out when that situation does come can save somebody's life
2: yeah and and you know, tell you, you know, my personal situation. I didn't, I didn't plan on doing any of this. I mean, it, it was spontaneous. But like I said, oh, when yeah. I was sitting there, and it, it was it was that decision moment. Okay, all you got to do is, you know, I even I swear to God, the.
1: Oh, you it, swear to me, Larry?
2: Okay, I swear, I swear to Greg. I swear to Greg. I swear <laughs> that I even had the the uh, hammer pulled back it was a pistol it was a revolver mm-hmm. and and you know guns and this is a smith and wesson 357 with a uh a, a round butt handle it was a really cool mm-hmm. handgun nice. um when you've got that hammer cocked i i mean you can go i, I mean I it just it takes nothing no, for that
1: it'll get be released because it's a big
2: pull a big uh resistant trigger if you don't have that pulled if you don't have that cocked and that's it's literally here and and i'm in tears and shaking and the the fucking adrenaline when i go to the shooting range i mean the adrenaline goes because i mean you know you're excited you, you you know and you're shooting at a target not thinking about any of this naturally but when you're really here I mean, that adrenaline's moving. It it really is. And um, it in itself can present a really dangerous situation. But yeah, and I I said, there's that little piece of me that knows I shouldn't do this. Um, You know, and I just, the two phone calls I made, uh, you know, I don't know that they or anybody else that knows me will ever hear this, and, you know, I'm not going to mention their names, but... Thank goodness, one, they answered the phone. Uh, and two, they didn't say, yeah, well, go ahead. I'm busy, you know, <laughs> you know. Uh, and, you know, they they, they talked me down. Uh, and, uh, you know, I, I'm, I'm glad for it. I'm glad for it because it, it, There's those days when I wake up and this world is really beautiful. Mm -hmm. Um, And I don't know what that other world is like, but I know what this one's like. And, you know, there's just a lot to be grateful for, and I'm not going to continue going down this. um,
1: uh, No, I I have one question, Larry. I'm not going to chime in on my past, but I wanted to know as far as how – what did you say – once they answered the phone,
2: I, 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 if I remember correctly, it was something to the nature that you know, I'm sitting here in Walmart parking lot with my gun to my head and I'm going to blow my brains out. Mm. Uh, tell me why I shouldn't. Or, I mean, I gave them, which wasn't fair of me mm-hmm. to put. Could you imagine if, if we were really close friends and you know, you get, it's you and me and. I call you and say, you know, I'm sitting here in Walmart, I got the head, the gun up to my head and I'll blow my brains off. And you say, no, you know, don't, and, you know, and we talk maybe for a few minutes and either no, hang no, up no, hear me. No, don't. Uh, and then how you live with, wow, did I say the wrong thing? Could I have said something different? You know, I mean, yeah, that's yeah, a lot. For on the rest of my
1: life. Larry, you can, first off, you can call me anytime. If you're having that thought, you are not alone because I definitely have those thoughts, but I, we won't go down there. It's about you today, but I will always answer the phone whether you need me or not.
2: Well, that's cool and I appreciate that. And, and yes, we, what you were talking about that everybody should have uh, this kind of support group, and again, it's not a necessarily a big group. It's mm-hmm. a very finite group of people that you can call upon that that have, that have your back that, that will talk you down. Because again, like I said, right, wrong, or indifferent decision wise, it's just that one decision that you can't change. You just don't get to change it. Um, so, and I think I, I'm not a religious person, mm-hmm. I'm very spiritual. And just the way I was brought up, um, you know, this this omnipotent being that we for lack of a better word call God if you believe that he created us or had any responsibility or she had any responsibility in creating the whole universe i.e. then us also then it's only that being's right to decide when it all stops is potentially another thought um and uh that would be the the, the, the a huge uh, slap in that omnipotent being's face. That well, I created you, and you don't get to choose when you go. I do. Is any of that bullshit? I don't know. But again, as you're looking back retrospectively, that's a thought I have now. Which is why I would at this point I would be surprised if I could ever do that. Could I do it? Euthanasia kind of stuff. And take that one pill that the doctor prescribed. If I'm, you know, this is time for me. I you need to put me down. Um, you know, I'm scared and all that, but I know it's time. Uh I. I it's that gray stuff, you know. I think a couple of weeks ago we talked about black and white. Now everything's binary today. Yeah. Um, everything isn't binary today. We know there's all. Types of shades of gray in between black and white, um, and you know, you put yourself down by taking a pill versus blowing your brains out, versus you know, is murder okay? Well, is war okay? Well, is abortion okay? You know, I mean, these are all killings, really, uh, whether it's yourself or someone else. And what? Who's to say what's okay morally or legally? Obviously, we know. Yeah. Um, but yeah, there's there's a lot involved.
1: And, no, yeah. I just wanted to say something, Larry, as far as I want to link uh, episode 19 into this, as far as the mm-hmm. bis- biggest obstacle, culture of toughness and self sufficiency. Episode 19, that's with uh, Bobby Tester, where he wanted to kill himself during such an intense situation that he was going through in his military career. Which ended, uh, which ended up getting him in a psych ward and he goes into the practices of what he've learned from and what he can contribute to today for people who are going through this situation. And uh, oh, I should have linked that in there.
2: It, that's, that's um, yeah. And I need to, I need to listen to that. Mm-hmm. L- like I said, there's uh, and, and maybe this is, this is maybe this is my quest. These, last years I spend here is a way to have that positive impact on a lot of people, not only in getting young people to realize every hour they're getting older, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, but also helping people understand that no matter how bad it gets, uh, it's, it's going to, it's going to get better. Mm -hmm. You know, it's got, it really is. And, but in order It's easy for me to say that, but if you're, as you well know, if you're going through that and you're at that point where I'm at the bottom Mm -hmm. and somebody says, no, it's only going to get better. You know, what the fuck do you know? And I I can't see how it's going to get better. Um,
1: It's all based off your positive outlook on life. If you wanted to get better. Yeah, exactly. uh, Control uh, that. Yeah.
2: We get to choose our attitude every day. Yes. And in our happiness or sadness or anger or whatever emotion we're feeling, they're internal. We get to choose how we're going to be every day and every minute of our day. Somebody else doesn't make me happy. Somebody else doesn't make me angry. Mm-hmm. Somebody else doesn't make me gluttonous. I choose each day and each hour and each minute, how I react to shit going on around me to which I have no control. I can't control you or anything that's going on. I mean, most people, you can't control other people. What I can control is how I react to it and how I'm going to face the day. And for me, I've found it's a lot easier just to be happy, sometimes to be (laughs) To the extreme, I'm happy-go-lucky and you know, got my head in the clouds or up my ass, however you want to look at it. Definitely. I'm not that flexible. Not yeah. that flexible. Uh, you know, that's why I practice yoga. Larry, I think yeah. you're coming
1: on strong. You're going to scare our listeners with yeah. all this old man talk. Absolutely. I need to bring it back down Let's just a hair. Bring it
2: back down, and I realize, oh, my God, it's almost a quarter to two.
1: Holy shit. Yes. Larry, look what you did. You got yeah. emotional.
2: Absolutely. So don't let me do that again. Never. Um, let's touch base so we can talk about social media. You and I on the phone. Sure. Or or on a Zoom session. That we, no, know,
1: definitely on the phone would be easier.
2: Yeah. yeah, and and figure that out. See how I can help in the production uh, of these, and we'll go from there.
1: Okay. Awesome.
2: If that thank you sense.
1: thank you, Larry, for your Thanks time. For today.
2: allowing me to go off on that tangent.
1: No, you needed to. You had to get. You had to get that out. That shit's built up inside you.
2: Yeah, yeah, Uh,
1: no, but uh, you call me if you need me. Yeah, I'm
2: good, good, but I will, and I appreciate that. I appreciate. Now I'm gonna,
1: I'm gonna hunt you down, Larry. I'm gonna find out where you live.
2: Okay, well, you know, I'm under a (laughs) witness protection program, so it'll be hard. That's why I'm here on the internet. (laughs) See you later.
0: All right, Larry. You take care. you've been listening to your transformation station rediscovering your true identity and purpose on this planet we hope you enjoyed the show, and we hope you've gotten some useful and practical information. Join us weekly on Monday for the YTS Challenge and bi-weekly on Wednesday for the exclusive interviews at 8 p.m. Central Time. In the meantime, connect with us on Facebook and Instagram at YTS The Podcast. We'll be back soon. Until then, this is your Transformation Station, signing off.